If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Pie in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Three, two, Hello, Murder Chronicles Nation. Welcome back to another bonus episode. My name is Brandon. I produce the show. For the always wonderful, always lovely Carolyn Osorio, we do not deserve her talent, but yet she allows us to experience it anyway. Hello, Carolyn. Nice to see you again. Ladies, you have a Brandon in your life. <laughs> Only the lucky ones. Only you know the lucky what? Ones. And they know exactly what you do every single time. Every Tell single it like time. it is. Tell yeah, it like it is. Exactly. You're telling it like it is. Tell I couldn't like agree with you more. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, good week. Long, uh, early, early in the week. Last week was, you know, you know, I'm still working out some some stuff in my uh, in my professional life. But you know, we're 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 arriving at the end. I hope um, so that will at least free me up emotionally out of this 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 quagmire that I've been in for four or five months. Um, and uh, but hey, listen, I got no complaints. You know, wife and wife and kids are happy and healthy, and uh, there's a roof over our head and food on the table. You know, and we live in California, so it's got no complaints. So well, you know what? That's a great place to start. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. don't have that have anything, and my cholesterol came back awesome. So the new the new meds are working, which is great. Did I tell you about that? So I'm well, a super. About the last time we talked about your medical stuff was that you were waiting for your test to to come back and then you were going to decide if you were still going to eat the hoagies. <laughs> okay, well, here's what happened. It was weird because despite <laughs> my sometimes billy goat diet, uh, I'm a, I'm a relatively healthy guy. I exercise like crazy. Um, I'm a runner. <laughs> I lift weights, like I do stuff. I take, okay. but I also eat like a douchebag sometimes. Okay, but it tastes good. So and 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 you know what? That that makes it so we can be friends. Because that, if you didn't, okay. if you didn't, I mean, I would just be like, get, get out of here. So I, here. so I, uh, I, I go for my yearly physical, and uh, and I'm turning. I turned fifty this year. Okay, so my doctor's like, hey, we're gonna do some additionals. We're gonna do like a stress test. He goes. I know you stay in shape, but we're going to do stuff anyway, right? Um, and they did a heart uh, CT scan and a carotid artery arterial uh, ultrasound, like really checking out. Nervous, just listening. Right, checking out all my stuff. And I'm like, nothing's ever come up on any test I've ever had. My blood pressure is always like, I'm almost dead. Like the guy's like, wow, you have great blood pressure, like everything. And so- um, like a humble brag at 50. No, but it's okay. oh, I'm proud. It's not a humble brag. It's a brag brag. Like I'm okay, proud as fuck right. about I'm, it. Okay. 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 But then I'm going in and my mom, I talked to my mom the day before and she goes, 
remember to tell your doctor that your grandfather had triple bypass when he was 65 years old. I went, oh, okay. She was in, and he was a really healthy guy. It was that she, he had a genetic thing that they found really, really late. I went, oh shit. Okay, cool. So I tell my doctor that. So I get the test, come back. Blood works great. Everything's great. But the CT scan found early heart disease with like arterial, like low level arterial blockage. He goes, wouldn't have even looked if you hadn't told me that about the family history. He goes, but we know it now. So I'm going to get you on this cholesterol med that will bottom out your cholesterol and that will take care of this. And so it'll be like, it never happened within six months. If we didn't know it, you'd be getting triple bypass in 15 years. Like your, like your grandfather did. I go, holy shit, fucking technology. Am I right? Well, so no, no, I'm sorry. Fucking mom. <laughs> mom. Mom. Yes. Did you call mommy and tell her thank you? Yeah. She started crying oh. and apologizing for giving me a bad heart. And I went, it's obviously your fault. So go ahead and no. cry woman. Cry. Your tears sustain me. No. Um, <laughs> God. But um no, but seriously, it was it was interesting. And and it was a little a little weird, a little hearing that, you know. Um, but knowing that the technology is there to see it and that the 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 pharmaceutical technology is at a place where I take a, a small orange pill once a day and I've got the cholesterol of a six-year-old, you know, so it's great. You know? So good for you, as you yeah. say. Good for you. Good for you. Hey, hey, good for you. Oh. Oh, and then my brother goes, goes through all the same battery of tests and uh, he's fine. Asshole that he is. Nothing wrong with his heart. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and he's competitive about it because we're comp we compete over everything. And he goes, my heart's great. Oh, take it easy there, big guy. You know, you got a bad ticker. I'm like, he's dickhead. Oh my gosh. That's how brothers are though. So it's all good. Sibling rivalry. Yes. Oh yeah. So let's talk about Hiding in plain sight. Mm -hmm. I don't like this one. Mm -hmm. You know why I don't like this one? Because you're a father? Because they lost two kids. Yeah. She lived for, what, 20 years with two unsolved mysteries, all unsolved murders of her children. Yeah. How do you fucking breathe? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, a hunting accident I, I, where I, one of her sons is just dead in the forest and nobody knows and never will. Right. I, yeah. And then her yeah. daughter. Mm -hmm. So no, that was, it was, I mean, it, you know, and you set it up so, so it's going to sound weird, but you set it up so nicely, right? Like home from Thanksgiving, we've all been there. Come home from Thanksgiving, you're visiting, all your friends are in the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, everyone goes out and gets fucked up and it's great. Woo! And you're home and you eat and you feel all fat. You're like, oh, I got to go and do something with my life. And you go on a jog and then oh, can you never come home? Mm -hmm. That one was, that was, uh, that was tough because I'm a runner. You're a runner, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you run no, on any weird back roads? <laughs> what? Do you run on any weird back roads up there? Um, yeah, I mean, I run on these back trails, and I am always I I. It's not a normal experience for me anymore, but you know, it used to be, and it's it's like I really enjoy it, and I think to myself, 
okay, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm so comfortable in my routine. I don't even want to speak this because it's like, I don't want to put that energy out there, but right. you know, I, I, I'm on a schedule. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I just don't even want to talk about it. It's right. just scary, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> well, so, okay. So it's at 1989. Yes. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so she was 18 or 19. She was a freshman in freshman in she college. Was, she was 18. 18. Mm -hmm. College yep. freshman. Avid, mm -hmm. avid runner. Yep. Um, and I'm starting to uh I'm starting to finally, after what 30 something episodes, to kind of pick up little little breadcrumbs in your writing style. Okay. I knew when you, you specifically mentioned the, the boys that they were going to go meet, that there was going to be some kind of callback later on. <laughs> so I clocked those names. I'm like, okay. And then I still <laughs> forgot. I still forgot because I'm an asshole. I still forgot later. I still no, no, because I would, I would hope that you would forget because it's yeah. so emotional. That river scene with the, with Ron. I, I know. Oh, I know. I know. For a minute, and and not to the point where I want you to change anything in the episode, but for a minute, I thought it was actually his daughter. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you ever watch NYPD Blue? Uh, not that I could actually remember. Right. So Andy Sipowitz, one of the great TV characters of all time. He's so layered and so troubled and alcoholic and a good cop and maybe a racist and a terrible husband and absentee father and like all that shit, right? Yeah. So when Jimmy Smits took over, when the first guy left, so Jimmy Smits was his partner. They introduced his estranged, Andy Sipowitz's estranged son, who's played by uh, one of the Deloise boys, a, an actor, okay? Really good actor. I think Peter Deloise, maybe, um, or Michael Deloise. And Michael was like, you know, a 21, 22-year-old kid reconnecting with his dad, right? And wanted to be a cop, okay? Mm -hmm. And his dad's like, oh, man, I can connect with my son. He's going to go on ride-alongs with me, like all this. And over like three episodes, you see them really bonding over you know there are his and he's apologizing for stuff when he was a kid and and you know and helping him teach him how to be a cop right and then there's this one episode like every other episode sipowitz and his partner jimmy smith they're responding to a homicide right and they have to go and and examine the body in the morgue okay and the way that they do it is one cop goes to the body that was jimmy smith's the other cop goes to the table that has all the personal effects to look for evidence, okay? And the camera stays on Jimmy Smith's in the foreground when he pulls the sheet back and you see his face just drop. And over his shoulder, you see Sipowitz going through the stuff and he goes, wait a minute, <laughs> this is Andy Jr. stuff. What the hell's going on here? Like he laughs about it because he doesn't know. And right. then Smith just turns around. Smith turns around and he goes, partner, I'm so, I'm so sorry. You're going to make me cry. And this is, fiction. and it was his kid and it was such a crazy scene. And that's mm -hmm. what the scene in the river reminded me of. Like for a second, I was like, this isn't really his fucking daughter. I mean, this is, you know, well, as he was, when I was interviewing him, as yeah. he was, writing, oh, I heard it. as I heard he it was, in his voice, right. Right. It was like, it was his daughter. It was his daughter and it was my daughter and it was your daughter. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like that, so visceral 
And it's because of that commitment. It was because of that emotional connection that he had, that he was able, despite whatever pain or, or heartbreak he was feeling that he had to do his fucking job the right way to preserve the yeah. evidence. Yeah. But, and here's the thing is funny because as I was putting it together, I was thinking, I know people are going to be, you know, not probably the people who are listening to the podcast, but people who would be like, oh, she's just totally fangirling over detectives and, and, and just, she's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there are detectives that are like this, that are so dedicated to yeah. their protect and serve. This is what they live for. This is what their calling is. And this is what they do. And they're able to compartmentalize all of this and focus on their training and focus on, you know, the, do, doing the things that we wouldn't be able to do. I wouldn't be able to do this. I know you wouldn't be able to do it. Um, you know, so, so I think that, you know, I really wanted to give it to him because I believe it was true yeah. and real and genuine. And I also think that, you know, that care that he gave is what ultimately led to solving the crime so many years later, because if he would have just been like, okay, you know, he had to get in there next to her like that, like that yeah. is. And his passion, became, his passion became contagious mm -hmm. where it affected subsequent kind of generations of detective that came through there, mm -hmm. keeping the picture yeah. on the desk and all that. Yeah. It was really, really important. But so um, how uh, difficult policing was back then, right? No leads, no nothing. You know, what do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you do? The last person that saw her. Well, the first thing that they do is look for all the drifters. Right? It's like I know, God, you put, you put a little butter on that. They asked a drifter, right? Like the drifters are these pieces of shit. This drifter came by and I bet he fucking did it. No. <laughs> because that's what I think. <laughs> Why do you hate drifters? Okay. Okay. One second. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Because, because, okay. Thank you. Because, wait a second. What were we saying? I'm sorry. So I'm saying that you, 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 you hate drifters. You have your prejudice against drifters. No, I don't. The reason why I said it like that is because everybody knows if there was a drifter in that town, they would have been strung up and like, it would have been over. It would have been over because they didn't want to believe that it could be anybody else in that town. I mean, you know what that. You need to be nicer to drifters. What did they ever do to you? Nothing. Nothing. I was giving the drifter in the way that I think that they saw drifters back then. And then. The oh, 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 it was. A, you were in character. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Forgive me. All right. My bad. You already told me that you love my character. Yeah, I didn't know. You really got giving, into character this time. I'm just giving time. my audience what they love. I'm just Fine. Okay, yeah, my bad. My bad. I forgot you were a professional. You were in character with the venom you put on the word drifter. Jesus Christ. Okay, so, so it wasn't the drifter, okay? It wasn't the drifter. It wasn't the drifter. Hopefully, the drifter was Cleared. They let the guy go without roughing him up too much. Um, and, you know, and so they go about their investigation and they, uh, despite all of their best efforts, there's no leads. There's no nothing. And so the case goes cold for a really, really long time. 
and 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 it took just some gossiping women who finally felt that they were removed enough from it. Okay, well, first of all, first of all, wait a second. It wasn't gossiping women. It was women. I love how you take like a really poignant, poignant moment and then just try to make it like it's a sewing circle. Yeah, it was. There was they were like it, it was like a tea party or something, right? No, it wasn't. It was not that. It was like, oh my gosh, haven't you ever like look at you laughing? You're just, laughing. You go eat a piece of licorice. So the sewing circle, they were talking about boys, okay? And <laughs> Okay. And one of them No, no, no. Listen, but it seemed to me like Yes, gossiping women uh, that was elicited to get a response. I mean, that was there to elicit a response from you. Yes. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. neither of these women were comfortable saying this out loud until this moment. Okay. When they were surrounded by their friends and the, the, like the the security of a friend group. That's the thing about things like this. And I've, I've experienced this myself and I've heard about this. It's like, I just feel like it was the time and it was the place. And for whatever reason, after all these years, where it was just like everything was in alignment where they felt comfortable to share this. Well, it started and with one. It started with one woman. Started, well, I, I could picture it happening where they're like, they start talking about the Mandy, Mandy Savitt case. Sure, sure. And because it's so ingrained, you know, it's so yeah. ingrained in this culture here. And they're just talking about it. And then all of a sudden they're like, I know who did it. And then the other woman's like, I know who no did shit, it. No shit, so do I. Let's see if it's the same dude. Right, and- exactly. And it was. And then suddenly it just it just opened it up where it was like, wow, tell me your experience. You tell me your experience. So I, I just feel like it elevates it to way more than just women gossiping. You know what I mean? We'll be back after a quick break. Yeah, but it led to my favorite and least favorite moment of the show, which is the same moment when the detective says that he's he he trusts women's sixth sense. I love that. I love and it, but I hate it. I don't know if I want detectives out there, you know, making decisions based on a woman's intuition. I don't know. After all 30 plus whatever episodes, are you kidding me? You really don't. Some women have some women that I've that I've pissed off have told some lies about me in the past. Okay, and so I'm just to extrapolate into a you know I'll never be in a situation as dire as this. Uh, However, you know, a woman scorned. If you find the right detective who 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 trusts a woman's intuition, could make could really fuck up a man's life, right? Well, considering how fucked up women's lives have been because of men, mm. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I can't go, I can't even go here with you because Too I shit. think that women have gone in and have said this happened or they've done how many unprocessed rape kits that are out there, how yep. many women have been like, they don't even want to pursue it because of the way they've been treated when they go in for an interview to talk about what happened. I mean, I just listened to a case where it's like, this woman is being interrogated Mm -hmm. and she's the victim. Yeah. It's like, I hear what you're saying. 
Yeah. And and yeah. You know, granted, I, women. W- granted, women have got the shit end of the stick when it comes to uh, most things re- with w- being believed, being discredited. Not you know, you had what was coming to you. Look what you were wearing. You were asking for all of that bullshit. You, what I what I what I peel out, and I think we both will agree on this. Absolutely, is that it isn't this thing where it's it's like it's this the creepiness that women can sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, my daughter and I, we were just going to this this exercise thing, and there was this guy there, and and it was weird because we had our family with us, our older family members with us. And, I, and they were, we were talking about the different people that were in this kind of like a CrossFit thing, but it wasn't like that. And my daughter and I were both like, I was like, that guy was creepy. And she's like, yes, he was really okay. creepy. Okay. And it was just like her and I just, he didn't do anything specific. It was just the way that he was like, just the vibes that he was putting out. Yeah. And this guy could be perfectly fine. And so that's why, you know, you don't go and talk to people and say, yeah, that guy's creepy because you don't really know. But right. just that feeling that that and I'm sure like with your wife she said yeah that guy was really creepy that's the that's the kind of thing not well, where you know what? Well, maybe I'll reverse course here a little bit because you know talking to some other like survival experts and stuff that I know right like one thing that you hear over and over again if something feels wrong it's wrong get out of there just trust exactly. it exactly trust yes it. yes yeah so this yeah. is not the thing where it's like somebody could make up stuff about people and we know that that happens. Yeah. We also know that, you know, women have just been, they haven't come forward because they don't want that baggage of not being believed or being like, what was she wearing and all that. Yeah. But this thing about okay. the creepiness and knowing like, yeah, like I'm going to stay away from this guy because he's creepy. And you follow that in- instinct and that intuition, yeah. you know, if okay. you can. sold. So, okay. All right. Um, I loved it that he said that. I loved it that he said that. I I loved it that's in the episode also. It made me it made me think a lot, obviously, you know, and uh, it made me question some police tactics. But you know, I get it. I totally get it. Okay, so <clears throat> so the case goes cold, and then you know this little gossip sewing circle where these women are. Nim, 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 nim. I'm kidding. Totally kidding. When I was, wait a minute. I'm just way too easy. Wait, wait, when our kids, because, you know, my family and my wife's sister's family, we're all growing up together. We have kids the same age. And he's a comedy writer, my brother-in-law. And so when our kids were like two or three, our oldest, right? Our oldest daughters, you know, it was like, what does the dog say? Woof, woof, right? What does the cat say? Meow. What does the chicken say? Bark, bark, whatever, right? And so we're doing that. And her name is Sydney. So we're just sitting around one day in the kitchen and he goes, Sydney, what does a dog say? Bark, bark. What does a cat say? Yeah. What does mommy say? Meh, meh, meh. What? It was. Am I, am I, am I the meh, meh, meh? No, it was pulled off so perfectly. It, Sydney knew it was a joke, right? And Carrie, the mom, knew it was a joke. But for a three-year-old to have that kind of comedic timing and to understand that, you know, we're breaking your mom's balls, it was really, really funny. Um, but so uh, so these two women, they're, they're on the same page about the creepiness of this one guy to the point where it's worth it for the detectives. Okay. Now, another part of this that I was I was questioning, the, the book that you talked about, uh, about the case in the UK, right? Yeah. 
mm-hmm. where they just went and got fucking DNA samples from everybody. Well, they asked them. They asked right? them. Yes. Right. So how do you think people mm-hmm. would feel if they said no? What if, what if you legitimately are like, you know what? No, on, on reasons where I'm a free person and I don't know what if what the equivalent of the Fourth Amendment is in the UK, but I have a right to be secure in my person and my my papers and my documents and my property and all that. And no, and it shouldn't. It it shouldn't you know color my participation in any way. I I, sh- it sh- I shouldn't be looked at. Oh, you have something to hide because you. I know, but you're uh, skeptical enough in the world where you know that that's, that it's like flag the file. I right, mean, but I mean, but is isn't that what isn't that the kind of the beginning? Like, if if and, and again, I'm just speaking from the opposition here, right? If so, a, see, here's the thing: yeah. you're going to think that I'm the type of person that I've already done my 23 and Me and all of that. I totally do not do not me either subscribe to that at all. Me either. Like, but I if someone knocks that, on your door, someone knocks on yeah, your door and yeah. says, "Hey, there's a there's a brutal crime that happened, and we want to rule out." every man over between 40 and 70 in this neighborhood and your husband's like, I'm not fucking doing that. Would you support him or would you tell him to do it and clear yourself? Um, It really would depend on the situation, but I definitely would. I definitely would. um, I wouldn't just volunteer my DNA just to do it. Cause I think that in the future and I'm going to have my tin hat on right now, but Mm -hmm. I, I just, I just think that, um, you know, he didn't have to give it. And if he was innocent, then it would have been, wouldn't have been a problem. Right. But clearly when he's picking up all of his garbage and. Oh, no, no, I get it. In this case, listen, and listen, and in the grand scheme of things, we're a safer, more just society because of CODIS. I, 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 I believe that, but what I, where, where I get a little, I don't know, is you should be will you should be willing to give up your DNA to rule you out. And if you don't, oof, we're gonna remember you. I I that's I find that terrifying too. Yeah, but it's given, a bridge too far given, for me. Given given the given the situation and and I think that it is a tool. Yeah. And I think that the way that he was acting was really weird. And so right. it's a it's a unique situation because they didn't give a shit about anybody else's. They wanted his. And they were using everybody else as a ruse. They no, wanted I think that they, no, they weren't even 100% convinced that it was him. They wanted to do, it was like, time, again, with this case, it was timing. They yeah. wanted to do it anyway. Yeah. And he had no criminal history. So it wasn't like they they did, he they went about doing this collection as a ruse for him. That's not how it was. They were like, hey, why don't we do this? This is how desperate we are to solve this. Let's go back. And let's see who will give us their their DNA. But, but they already had the knitting circle comments, right? They did, but it was all around that same time period where they were fresh eyes. He'd read the true crime book. Then this is coming. But I think that oh yeah, they, okay, they okay. heard so many things about you know. So I'm you know I mean it's a small town. I'm sure they'd heard right. people talking about the other people and. You know, it's rumor and gossip and they have to weed that out. And they weren't just, okay, he did it. These two women who said this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think it was just a bunch of stuff kind of coming together where before he wasn't even in the frame. They didn't even know that he was, you know, had these these situations that were really uncomfortable and strange 
And so they were going to look at him with fresh eyes like they were looking at the entire case with fresh eyes. So then we get into the citizen sleuth portion of the evening, which was great. I can <laughs> love it too. Uh, <laughs> so she was, she was bound by like her corporate masters. Like we can't do anything. And she's like, all right, I can do shit. Right. Yeah. Like I can pick this up and put it in a bag and give it to somebody, you know? And, and, and this is so ballsy of her because I'm sure if she knows that corporate said, no, we don't want to do this. Then, you know, she had to think to herself, well, you know, I could I could be fired for doing something like this. Like they yeah. would call it something else. Right. Yeah. So I just think that not only was she the type of person that and she was like she did it because of Mary and there's these interviews with the mom are like you. you it's literally like take the knife and stab it in your heart when yeah. you listen to her, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> so I think that she's just. I would consider her a hero, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I have a, I have a lot of, not a lot of questions, but some, some it's, it's confusing. And maybe because I'm just used to your, your like, uh, all of your like serial killer stuff that, that, that you give me, right? It's rare that here's a guy murdered one person and then didn't do anymore. And then had a seemingly normal life, married three kids, regular job right like like how is that in terms of criminal psychology how is that justified just a crime of passion or and he learned his lesson or he felt guilty or i you know i i don't know yeah i mean i think that i don't think he was scared straight because remember he went to the um the other woman's house when she she'd had that baby and you know it was a couple of years after right. he's showing up and and it sounds like he was absolutely horrible to his wife yeah. who divorced him after this you know happened right. so i i i can't account for it i don't have any like I talked to this expert and they said, I don't know. I, right, I, but you know, a lot about this kind of this area. You've investigated yeah. hundreds of these cases. Like, yeah. is this normal? You come across this a lot. Someone who's got one body on them and then, and then just disappears for decades. Well, I think that we don't know because I think a lot of people get away with murder. I really do. Like, I think that he would have gotten away with murder if, if yeah. you know it's so many things so diligent if don didn't give a shit in the river about about collecting the body if the if the women didn't ha come to that one moment where they both felt secure enough to say oh my god that, that guy's fucking weird also the woman at the bakery had some sense of justice that was driving her to get this guy off the street like so many things had to fall in pl into place to catch this guy and then what a piece of shit when he's uh on the i stand. know right i had to throw that in because i'm like I'm sure everybody Let's say dad did it. <laughs> Let's blame our dead father for murder. I know. I know. And it would have had to been some weird, funky thing because like all they'd have to do is do a, a test, a sperm test and realize it wasn't the dad's. It wasn't the dad's semen. It would have no, been his. So it's like what he was going to come up with this whole like what kind of ruse was he going to come up with? Like, well, yeah, my dad didn't want me to date this beautiful young girl who so was had everything. To... So he killed her <laughs> after he caught us having sex, consensual sex 
Yeah. In the barn. Totally like, consensual. And it happened, totally you know, it happened a few times. Like we, uh, before college, like during, like he was trying to make it seem like, yeah, I you know. I wish everybody could have just seen your facial expression when you said well, that. Well, I mean, this guy, it's like, he I goes, from, he goes from saying, no, I had nothing to do with it. And then, well, your DNA was found inside her. All right. Listen, between us guys, I used to bang her. Okay. So keep it between us. You know what I mean? I'm married. Like, you know, like. Was that kind of the thing? And then like, well, but why is she dead? Uh, my dad did it. <laughs> and I'm like, who's going to buy this shit from this fucking asshole? But, but here's a question, a serious question. And again, I don't plan on ever being in this, in, in, living in this scenario, but um, like family, blood family members testified against him in court. Yeah. Like, can you envision a scenario where I mean, you, you would do that? that? That wife couldn't wait. The ex-wife couldn't But his brother. Wait. His brother. Know, his brother, testified. but also the ex-wife. But she would have been abusing her, allegedly right. abusing okay. her, according to her. <laughs> Try and keep her off the stand. I get it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. For years. And I yeah. think that he was taking out all of his <clears throat> anger and aggression on her, it sounds like. Right. But yeah, I mean, his brother, I mean- you could tell that it was so painful for him, you know, like, I mean, that's how I heard it. Like, why, why am I having to, to, he didn't believe that there was any way that his brother was going to be with Mandy Stavik. I mean, he was like, you know, there's, there's, it's not happening, you know? Yeah. It's, I just, I find that, I find that strange probably because, I don't know. I just, I can't envision a scenario where I would testify against my brother. I don't know. But again, I've never been in a situation like this. I'm sure if I was faced with this set of evidence and here's a young girl brutally murdered in the prime of her life, I might change my tune, you know, because then that would mean that I don't really know my brother. Okay. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. So um, I, I'm looking at it through the lens of, you know, my brother's fucking my best friend and he's awesome and great. So I couldn't imagine doing it, but different scenario i'm a little myopic when it comes to these things i guess but um but so then you know he he denied it on the stand right he said no 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 but uh the judge wasn't buying it the the judge didn't give a fuck Well, well he didn't testify on his own behalf i don't think that was after the sentence after the jury had found him guilty and then he gets to say something they're like would well, you want to say something oh got it okay and then he's like well i and, am and one innocent of this crime and i'm not... okay buddy right okay, save buddy. it yeah. Okay. yeah so um so the don uh the detective obviously um felt some level of peace when yeah. when they got the guy, um, yeah. and uh, when how long had he been retired? You know, I don't remember uh, quite. Maybe, maybe. I mean, this is just off the top. I think like maybe like five or ten years or something. But okay. even the prosecutor who had retired, who'd been a prosecutor in that same area for like forty years, he came out of retirement mm. and didn't even want to be paid. And prosecuted that case. Wow. And that's, you know, and so it was like, wow. You know, the community really, like, okay, we know we have, 
we have it, you know, so it was really powerful, you know. Well, I hate hearing that, but I like that it, that it was resolved and that the bad guy went away, but that poor family, two kids, I mean, it just un, it just so many, just, just an open fucking festering wound for decades. You know, I can't even imagine that, but ugh. all right. Well, listen, well told as always. Well done. Thank you. Um, what do you got coming up? Um, <laughs> okay. Get back to it. So uh, you're going to keep us guessing until next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Terrific. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. Murder Chronicles Nation. Uh, as always, we implore you to consider uh, patronizing the wonderful companies that support our show. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And if you have a second, <clears throat> head on over to Apple Podcast and uh, give us a rate and review. It helps more than you know. Uh, Carolyn, again, excellent work. Anything you'd like to add? Just uh, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Yes, and until then, everybody stay safe out there. And I don't have anything about against drifters i just have to set the record straight before we go she has listen she's holding up a sign behind her that says i'm lying drifters are scum i'm reading it word for word i hate drifters oh it says brandon brandon is that no i'm (laughs) that's my sign i have it tattooed on my forehead remember people if something feels wrong something is wrong and get out of there that should be exactly. our that should be our new tagline. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, great. listen, oh. we hope to uh, we hope to catch up with you next week, everybody. Until then, stay safe. The Murder Chronicles is a pie in the sky production recorded live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We are produced by Brandon Morgan and myself. Music by Soundstripe. For Pie in the Sky Media, I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. Thanks for listening. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.